Well, I thought it was very, very generous of Ed to introduce the notion of tradition. I was so disappointed. I was settling well, in no, for I just a really thought, nice fight. I thought that was the generous and the wise and the uh, dignified. Everybody seems surprised that I would ever take the wise and dignified <laughs> path. <laughs> you know? Surprised and disappointed, Ed. Well, Brian, if you really want me to provoke, I mean, I, you know, I can rise to that bait too. So I'm going to propose that all of this may not be as straightforward as we're making it out to be. I mean, if it's only about repetition, then New England's claim on Thanksgiving Day is a little shaky too, because as far as I understand, not being a historian of New England, it's not like those Puritans in 1621 kicked off a tradition that their proud New England descendants said, yes, let's honor the Puritans and Indians doing lunch in an unbroken tradition year (laughs) after year. And it wasn't until 1863 that the fourth Thursday of the month was declared a day of national thanksgiving by the then president. That would be uh, Abraham Lincoln. That's right, Peter. Good command of my century. Uh, (laughs) Now, up till then, the various states did have their own official days of Thanksgiving, but they were scattered around here and there in the various fall months. Yeah, and and during the Revolution, certain days were set aside to thank God for guidance on the battlefield. George Washington even proclaimed days of Thanksgiving as president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always trying to emphasize that other war was interesting, but I'm talking about the real war, the Civil War. It was then that Americans started to celebrate Thanksgiving the way we do now, with pies and potatoes and turkey and more pies and cranberry sauce and more turkey and more pies. And this kind of celebration, well, it's largely the work of one woman, a magazine editor named Sarah Hale, and she was a widow from New England. And in 1820, she became the editor of Godey's Ladies Book, despite its title, which I always thought was pretty ugly, was a hugely popular magazine. And for more than 30 years, she wouldn't let up. She published editorials and stories and letter-writing campaigns, all to convince her readers in the great cause that ultimately the government would declare Thanksgiving as the holiday that this young nation needed the most. Seventy years ago, there were only about three millions of people under our flag. Now it waves its protecting folds from the Atlantic to the Pacific, and nearly 30 millions of souls are enjoying its blessings. If every state should join in Union Thanksgiving on the 24th of this month, would it not be a renewed pledge of love and loyalty to the Constitution of the United States, which guarantees peace, prosperity, progress, and perpetuity to our great republic? I think she really did believe that she was providing a kind of missing puzzle piece to the nation by recommending the celebration of this festival. That's Anne Blue Wills, a religion scholar at Davidson College, who's written a lot about Sarah Hale. And she told me that if we want to understand why we do what we do on Thanksgiving, we should forget about the pilgrims and look instead at what was going on 200 years later in Sarah Hale's America. She, you know, was coming into this position of editing this magazine at a moment when 
things are still kind of unsettled in the young republic. When are we talking about? This Russia? is 1827 when she becomes the editor. Okay. You know, there's a lot of growth. There's a lot of change. And she was one of the leaders in formulating a pretty strong notion of what women in this new republic were to do. Mm. And the way she described it was, you know, women are the virtuous heart of the nation and women preside over the home. Mm -hmm. And the home is where the American male who has to go out into the world and strive and make his way and earn a living he can come home at the end of the day and be cleansed by his pure and domestic wife from all of the kind of nasty bargains that he's had to make during the day. So Thanksgiving for Hale fits into this gendered division of work. So and what so you're, you're saying, really... you're kind of blowing my mind here, because what you're saying <laughs> is that this didn't just sort of naturally grow up. It wasn't just sort of, hey, look at all these turkeys and all this pie we could eat. But instead, was a very self-conscious strategy to cement the place of women in the household and the society and at the same time celebrate America. Yeah, and for her... The, you know, patriot fathers who, of course, she's thinking New England context. So she's thinking, you know, a, a kind of cooperation, reinforcement of civil and religious authority, um, those powers working together to build up a society. I think she wanted to see that kind of cohesion still in the first part of the 19th century. And Just without the witches. <laughs> Right, I, I take it she didn't have uh, witches in her vision. Um, of there were there were no witches, but she did mm. have serious concerns about certain influences in her era. One of her concerns was a growing population of Roman Catholic immigrants from Europe, and she felt like you could incorporate immigrants mm. into the celebration of Thanksgiving and really teach them what it meant to be an American. And for her, what it meant to be an American was to be a Protestant Christian. And there are stories in Godey's that tell the tale of Catholics who hadn't celebrated Thanksgiving before, but, you know, they get visited by a distant relative who comes out to the country and teaches them how to do Thanksgiving. And they think, oh, this is such a wonderful thing. I'm going to convert um, to Protestantism. I, I, I'm at least going to convert to Thanksgiving. And then, <laughs> you know, it leaves open the possibility that, well, you know, they're on their way. They're, kind of they're on their way house. to. Yes, exactly. So was she worried about sort of not only Catholics, but urban growth and industrialization oh, yeah. and all that yeah. sort of stuff? So this yeah, is very the, much a backward looking, I mean, very intentionally yeah. invented to be nostalgic. Yeah. So she wants people to go out into the country. And that was one of her prescriptions for Thanksgiving is that you go home. And in a moment where increasingly people were living away from their birthplace. So she wanted us to go over the river and through the woods? She did. She yeah. did. She really wanted people to experience the rural purity and natural beauty and blessing of the country. So you would have, you know, a roasted bird or you would have a chicken pie or you would have gourds and squash and 
things that to her represented harvest bounty, and you would have a lot of it. And so she's in many ways ahead of her time, the sort of the localist uh, strategies of, of our own time, right? Kind of, except that she wanted everybody to be a New England localist. She wanted everybody oh, yeah. everywhere um, <laughs> to pretend like they were enjoying a Thanksgiving harvest feast in New England. Did she have a regional component to this, that she wanted this to be adopted by the South, where she, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, did not live up to her standards? She wants this holiday to be celebrated everywhere. And it becomes particularly acute mid-century when things are falling apart. Hmm. So there are stories in Godey's and in these successor publications like Ladies Home Journal at the end of the 19th century. There are stories that are focused on the Southern experience of Thanksgiving. And again, it's a lot like the stories of the Catholic experience of Thanksgiving, that Hmm. once you try it, you know, you can't have just one Thanksgiving. You're going to want to do it every year. And she saw it as a way of not only, as I said before, integrating women into the national calendar, but integrating Southerners into the national calendar. So, Anne, with all this uh, creation of Thanksgiving in the early 19th century, what would the pilgrims actually think of that holiday if they had been able to drop in on Sarah Hale's house? Oh, well, I think they would have been overwhelmed with the bounty and Um, I guess the word fussiness is in my head. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of, in her instructions to her readers in the magazine, there's a lot of detail about how to decorate and, you know, timetables for preparation. But probably the strangest thing would be that they would have seen this as a kind of presumptive act to have a day Mm-hmm. once a year where you were thankful. As as good Calvinists, they didn't want to appear presumptuous about God's mercy. And so, you know, they kind of took everything day by day. And if there seemed to be an occasion for Thanksgiving, they would declare a day of Thanksgiving. And if there seemed to be a day when they needed to take stock, they would declare a day of fasting and repentance. Um, and their mm. anthropology was such, and their theology was such that you know, God did whatever God did out of just grace and mercy. God didn't do anything on behalf of humans because humans deserved it. Right. Humans really didn't deserve much of anything. So, so thanking um, God was really a pretty pretentious thing to do because he wasn't doing he, it for you anyway, right? Well, I don't think they would have begrudged her gratitude. They would have said, yes, exactly, you should be grateful, but you should also be attuned to the fact that Um, God not only cares for you and lifts you up for God's own purposes, but God can punish you and chasten you again for God's own purposes. And Mm -hmm. so just to focus on the Thanksgiving part without having maybe another day that was to be the national day of of penitence would have struck them as funny. Not in a ha-ha way, but in an odd and probably sinful way. Maybe in blasphemous. Yes, so are you willing to go that far? Willing to say yes. that the pilgrims Blasphemous. had... Oh, that's a pretty radical statement. <laughs> just the kind that we like to have here on Backstory. <laughs> so I'm very grateful for you joining us here today. Well, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. 
and Blue Wills is a professor of religion at Davison College. You can find our article about Sarah Hale on our website, as well as a slideshow we made that features images of Hale and her magazine. It's all at backstoryradio.org. Pretty interesting, huh, guys? That was great. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. Here's my thought. You know, these gigantic blockbuster holidays are all about the things that we were not, right? So we're totally divided. We're fighting a civil war. So we come up with a holiday that kind of imposes this New England fantasy of sorts on the entire nation, or at least presumes that the entire nation is one yeah, thing. And, and Brian, it seems to me the important thing is that this is a soft and domesticated version of the harder talk that came from many preachers in the North about how the Constitution needed to be amended so that there'd be a provision that this was a Christian nation inserted in the Constitution under Jesus Christ. And Lincoln resisted that. His formulation mitigated it, domesticated it, and I think hit the proper object, which was to evoke what was at stake for all Americans. And if you were going to give thanks, it would be for the very possibility of thanks in the future, hmm. that is, having holidays like this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect American holiday because it's civic religion. It's the yeah. idea of right. religion without any specific focus mm -hmm. of it, right? Mm -hmm. right? You know, he could not, of course, foresee just the millions and millions of immigrants who would be coming from so many places all over the world, but to have devised a holiday in which everybody could feel included. Including all those foreigners who were fighting for the Union right. yeah. at that very moment. Yeah, no, that's great. But, but I'm still curious about something. I mean, what was the original Thanksgiving like? I mean, if, if it's not Sarah Hale's fantasy... What's this deal with Squanto and the Wampanoag Indians, the big festival? I mean, was that a fantasy too? Well, well, no, there's some basis for it. But think about it as a harvest festival, which is very traditional. Don't think about it as Thanksgiving. <laughs> 